Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. This week we've got a great speaker. Hope you enjoy it. Good morning, Vine Church. Today is a different day. And um, those of you who live in this area probably know the whole the kingdom of Fife is just about being rocked. In the last four weeks, where a minimum of 10 young people have taken their life, what Gail explained to me is a cluster suicide thing. To be honest with you, I think since 9-11, I think the whole world has been on an anxiety hangover. The anxiety levels have gone up and up and up. And Faith Popcorn, the great futurist who gets paid millions to tell Coca-Cola 25 years ago, bottled water is the next big money spinner. And uh, they did it. And she has said recently that the number one killer on the earth will not be the mosquito in future times, but it will be anxiety. Now, here's the thing. On our watch, anxiety is not going to rule on our watch, on our turf, on our city, and our nation, because we're going to flip that thing round to what the Bible says. We're going to have rock-solid hope filling people across this nation. Let's give it up for the hope of God. It's coming today. So today, we're beginning a five-week series on rock-solid hope. No human being needs to live another single day filled with anxiety, fear, suicidal thoughts, and despair. Because God has promised that his peace shall rule in the hearts of his people. And here today, you have no idea how excited I am to kick this off. Usually in a sermon here, we keep the best to the end. But we're going to start with the best because I'm going to introduce to you a very, very special friend of Elma and I and so many people in this town. When the church started here 30 to 40 years ago, you know, there was a young people would come and you would say, well, I got 10 hope for that one, maybe five for that one. But the lady we have to hear today was so wild. She was, she won't, she'll play this down, but she was so wild. She was so out there. I thought, if this young girl makes it, there is a God. <laughs> and that's, 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 that's what it was like. The toughest, wildest young lady I've ever met. We were on American mission to the churches there with our pastor Tom Roller and Ruth. And uh, the American students were whacking me at table tennis. They were whacking us. And we just rolled Gail out. We just rolled her out, young teenager, and she absolutely pasted every one of them. Give it up, guys, for Gail Penman. So, I was going to do this interview style, but what I want Gail to do is because as people are shaking in this country, wondering, is anything happening for people that have no hope and anxiety, etc., etc.? Well, there's tons of brilliant things going on. I've spent every single minute of the last week connecting with psychiatrists, government officials, all kinds of people, right through to the right-hand person of David Cameron, talking about what's going on behind the scenes at government level, church level, school level, to flip this thing around and give people the truth that there is possible to live with 100% solid rock, solid rock, solid sock. That's quite good there. Eh? 
That's the name for a band, I think. Rolling Sucks. Solid Rock. Faith. And so I've asked Gail to, to tell you what was it like in her life as a young girl in this town when she had no hope. I tell you how she came to hope and tell you about the unbelievable new business she's just started for any of you parents that have little children at school wonder what future is there for my children. Once again, give it up for a very special friend, Gail Penman. Take it, Gail. Thank you. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, thanks, Jimmy. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> nice to get an introduction. The last time I was in this building, it was a juice factory, so that'll tell you how long ago it was since I was in Dunfermline. But yeah, the times of standing at the top of the Neuro when the bottom of the town would come with their baseball bats and we would come from the top of the town with our baseball bats and have a, a melee in the top of the Neuro were real. Um, and part of that, I think, was, wasn't about the fight. It was about connection. It was about being part of something. And it was about being part of a group of people who had the sameness about them. And I think that's an important message to remember with all that we're involved in, which is about connection, about relationship. You know, people are broken by relationships. We have been broken by relationships, but we're also healed and sorted with relationships. And I think that's really, really important to kind of pay attention to, that relationships is, is kind of where it's at. And to kind of go on from that, I, I remember, and this is just a kind of, I, I don't want to give you a tour of my youth because we'll be here a while. Um, but I, I remember walking out, having been in court with five charges against me. Um, and I was very fortunate that four of those charges were dropped. I was very fortunate because otherwise the trajectory for me could have been quite different. Call it lucky or call it God, call it what you like, but it was different. And I remember walking out of the courthouse and, and at that time walking down towards the Glen Gates uh, in, in the high street and saying to myself, I've got to sort myself out. If I don't sort this, if I don't sort this, was the words I remember saying to myself, uh, I'm either gonna be dead or in jail within the next 12 months. Within two weeks, I bumped into a uh, the, the happy clappies up the, up the high street underneath the co-op, the old co-op space. And that was these bunch of Americans who uh, somehow were a bit wacky and a bit weird, but they connected immediately. And there was something that I was curious enough about to think, I want a piece of this. I want something of this. And within months, I was staying with David and Nodja Havis, who opened their home up to me. Um, and after that, I stayed with Tom and Ruth Roller for a while. Um, so people connected me. Now, I had those connections across my life. And I know that wasn't the end, that, that wasn't the end point and it wasn't the start point. We had the old lady who fed us with a pot of soup every week, who sent a pot of soup along to our family. She was Jesus in skin, you know. Um, and I think there's something about knowing that there are people, relationships across our lives that connect us in with something. Um, and I had my PE teacher who invested in me, who gave me time, who stood up the back of the playing field. She would make me carry the, the javelins, which was a bit of a, I thought, an unfair task, but anyway. So she would spend hours after school with me and I became Patrivi champion. I, I broke the Patrivi record, only for three weeks, mind but I did break the Petrivi record. I've represented my country. I've done all sorts of things because someone paid attention. Some, someone gave me, rather than time out, you know the time out thing? Have a think about it. 
You don't want time out. You want time in. She gave me time in with her. She gave me time in with connection and relationship. And that's where it's at. It's about building relationships. And I think in terms of where you're going and where we need to be is building relationships with people. Now, I kind of move on to the, the business stuff. I, I, I was with the NHS. I'm a psychotherapist. I was with the NHS for 17 years. Prior to that, I was a community worker for 20 years. And I think what, what has become really a, 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 a shame on our country, in a sense, is the fact that, you know, someone becomes unwell with anxiety, depression, self-harm, whatever. Okay, we'll put you on that waiting list for 18 weeks. Stuff that. We actually need to stop rescuing people out of that river. It was Desmond Tutu who said we need to get upriver and find out why people are falling in. I want to be upriver, finding out why people are falling in and equipping them with whatever they need to go downriver if that's what they need to do. Because we do need to navigate some of the tough stuff in life. Now, our businesses, we, we, so last year, at this time, we're 10 months old. And I want to tell you some of the amazing stuff that's happening. We are only 10 months old. I have 17 schools that we have contracts with. We took in, in two weeks, we took in quarter of a million pounds. That's not quarter of a million pounds in my bank account, okay? So I hasten to add, that's quarter of a million pounds that is for investment in the work that we will do in schools. And what we're doing is we're going in, we're doing one-to-one -one work. You don't have to wait 18 weeks to see us. We will see people within three weeks or quicker if they need it. We're working with families who, you know, we, we've, we've, making it, we've made it our judgment to say they're not getting parented very well. That may well be true, but what are we doing about it? What are we actually doing to go in and support parents to parent better? Because some parents haven't been parented. So we need to be in there and supporting them to do the job they try their best to do and do it better. So my job is to be in, what is the task? Can I support the task? And can I then be supporting parents to do the task that they have? I want to support parents to do the best they can. And so we're in there working with parents. We're about to start three groups of people who have their own, I don't know how many of you maybe heard of adverse childhood experiences, which is trauma, basically. Most of us have had a bit of trauma in our lives. But these people have been stuck with it. And so what we want to do is we're going to, we, we've, we've done a kind of training course, we're coming in, we're going to arrange to meet with these parents and then work with their kids, but to support them to do the things they don't know how to do. We need to be equipping people, and that's what we want to do. We're also working with schools, and we're challenging them to not do the time out thing. The amounts of times I walk into schools and see kids outside classroom doors who are left in isolation. You don't need an isolation room to be isolated. Isolation happens in here. And we want to teach teachers to basically be having time in with these kids and connect and stay connected, stay in relationship rather than opting them out. Um, so we're challenging some of that. We're doing training for teaching staff on anxiety, depression, self-harm, anything that kind of comes up. Um, and I, I think the, the key things we're seeing is teachers are stressed. Our teachers are doing a great job, but we're asking them to do more and more on top of that great job. And so we want to be supporting them to manage some of that. Um, and so part of our role is to, as, as a team is to do that. Um, and w w I think crucially working with engagement with parents and young people. Uh, so relationship is crucial to what we're doing. And so I had 17 schools last year. We have 21 at the start of this year. So we're already growing and we expect that to continue. But folks, it is about relationship. Relationship is king. Um, I don't care what else you do, relate to people and they will 
they will kind of speak to you, they will kind of connect with you and communicate with you. When, when it feels like there is no hope, I think the people who we know we've got relationship with are our hope. Um, and, I, and through, I guess, the old lady with the plate of soup, you know, she, she was our, our, my Jesus in skin, and you, for some people, are their Jesus in skin. Uh, so I, I think it's really important to kind of re recognize the role that you as church and you as individuals can play as well. Gail drove all the way down from, is it Montrose? Montrose to be with us and share that this morning. You know, guys, if anybody in here is thinking, well, I'm past hope, trust me, when I was told about Gail as a 14-year-old girl, I was told to be careful with her now. She has her own gang, and she has a special hobby. She goes up to the Belvo and butters sailors on a Friday night. I never went back to the Belvo again. <laughs> How good was that, guys? Hope dealer. Come on, give it up. Hope dealer. Hope dealer. So, guys, I want to move on from there. And um, last weekend, I was with 2,500 men in Swindon at an event where a friend of mine, Carol Beach, was giving hope to 2,500 men. And they were asking, could we bring this thing to Scotland? I says, no, you have to bring it to the Kingdom of Fife. And so they're already plans on the table to bring this event to turn 1,000 men in this country into 1,000 hope dealers. Guys, you have no hope at Lendrick Muir, Kinrosshire, just up the road. We can give it up for that as well. Lots of great things happening. It's happening next June. And yes, there's going to be lots of stuff for ladies. So very quickly, I want to, I, I promise to give three tools people can use to help them shift from the quicksand of anxiety to rock-solid hope. Rock-solid hope. And we're going to do this over the next five weeks. Stuart's going to do a great session on, uh, on uh, well, he told me what it was, but he might change it. And then... And Aaron's going to be in a session. But I'm very, very excited about this because no human being needs to go to bed crying themselves to sleep. So God has given us clear, crystal clear instructions how to move from anxiety to rock-solid hope. I had the discussion with God one night and asked him, why have I got so much stress and he said because 90% of your decisions are still based on anxiety rather than rock solid confident hope that was a big wake up call for me but the three tools i want to bring us today and i want to declare the end of the 911 hangover i don't think anyone should be living under that to this day, and I want to proclaim today the beginning of a whole new season called 9-13. I'm telling everybody this. I preached this in Reading last Sunday morning and said, I'm declaring this. And so we'll find out in a moment what the 9-13 season is, but three tools I want to give us today. And guys, I'm not going to hold any punches. Our time is short because we're trying to rescue people from suicide and deep depression. And you can't play with this stuff. If you want to be a javelin champion at school, you have to start by carrying the heavy things. <laughs> and so it's the same with this. If you want to shift the hope, you have to look at the heavy things and be able to pick them up. So the three things I'm going to give you, 
Yes, they're heavy because you've got to pick them up every day and carry them and apply them in your life. So three th- tools, very quickly. We're going to hopefully wrap this up in 20 minutes. Number one, block. Number one, block. Number two, build. Number two, build. Number three, believe. Number three, believe. So tool number one. We have to realize that the root of all anxiety is what Alan already mentioned in that amazing attic picture he gave, is that there is a devil. Let's say that there is a real devil. And there is a real devil who never stops talking even when you're in your sleep. Fact. Not holding any punches. There is a real devil and there are real demons. Someone said that 80% plus of self-talk is negative. I want to suggest that a high percentage is not even your talk. It's, it's this voice speaking, telling you you're not good enough, you don't have what it takes, and you're not going to make it through. Well, I'm not going to pull any punches. There is a person who is feeding that stuff, and he has a special name in the Bible. He has many, but, but Alan talked about the biting at the heel. It started at the, in the garden, biting at the heel of Eve. Let, let me mention his name for appropriateness today. His name in John 8:44 is the father of lies. And it's so important to block it. First of all, you've got to recognize what is his voice and what is God's. Second thing is when you recognize that every single voice that presses you down, depresses you, condemns you, is a voice of the devil because the Bible says in Christ there's no condemnation. Let's give it up with God's hopeful words. Hopeful words. Hopeful words. So John 8, 4, 4 says this. He says that the devil is a liar. Get this straight, guys, before we move on. We don't focus on him, but if you don't recognize this, recognize he's talking to you around the clock, and you don't aggressively block it, then that thing's going to suck you down into a hoover, a hole of depression. Every single person that's topped themselves has done it because they believe that's the best thing to do in that moment. And you don't ever get rid of your pain when you commit suicide. You just pass that pain on to everybody else for the rest of their lives. So we're going to stop that thing in this nation. We're going to smash it, and we're going to raise up hundreds and thousands of hope dealers to let the people we connect with know there is great hope. So he has convinced millions of people in this country they have a reason to be nervous. So first of all, recognize his voice, number one. Recognize who's speaking to you nonstop through the day. Secondly, train yourself to recognize his voice before he gets to your house and block him. Block him. And here's what I do, and I want to encourage you to do because it's biblical. When you hear that voice pressing you down and you hear that voice telling you you've got no home, I suggest you do what the Bible says. Said, I rebuke you, devil, and all your lies in the name of Jesus. And when he hears the name of Jesus, I promise you, he'll flee from you. One man in this town 
put a 10-minute clip on the internet because his friends had killed himself. A champion boxer, and this man himself was a boxing champion of Scotland as well. And in a few days, he had 50,000 people viewing him and following it. 50,000. So I invited him to come and see me. He's a motivational, he's a great coach, a brilliant guy. And I said, you got everything, son, except one thing. You can only go so far with a new mind and a new body, but you need a new heart. And to cut a long story short, we prayed together, we laughed, we wept together, and that man made a decision, and he left here with a brand new heart of Jesus inside him. Let's give it up for the living God. And you can do that today. And you will be amazed at the peace when you recognize these voices, block them aggressively, and command them to flee in Jesus' name. Am I talking to anybody here? Is this making sense to anybody? Come on. You're all shy, eh? You're like, my neighbor needs that. Second tool, very quickly, and we're going to elaborate on these in the coming weeks. And some of these are so simple, you think, ah, yeah, but I'll tell you, I don't do this every day because I like to do it. I do this every single day in life because I have to. The challenges in my life, and the same as yours, massive. When you hear your granddaughter is taken to the hospital again and fighting and taking a dip in the middle of the night, desperate to get oxygen. You can listen to the devil saying, oh man, our time's up, or you could go, do you know what, I rebuke you, devil, she's coming out that thing whole healed, and I've got good news for you, I believe she's on her way home right now, let's give it up, give it up, give it up. Don't let the devil shake you, don't let him keep lying to you, block him, and he, you're going to recognize a hundred lies he's bringing to you in a week, and you'll be shocked at how many times you and I swallow these lies. Tool number two, very quickly, to be filled with rock-solid hope. You have to build your life on rock-solid promises of the living God. The rock-solid promises. The Bible says that the wise man builds on the rock, and the foolish man builds on the quicksand of anxiety. Every single person you meet is either building on rock-solid hope. Now, here's the thing. You could go to Holland and Barrett, and there are thousands of different little tablets people were buying to fix things. And yet, this book, the Bible, has 7,800-plus spiritual vitamins called promises to build your life on rock solid every day and so you become unshakable in your faith and in your family. The people of old, they were described as people of the promise. How many believers use more than two promises a day? Here's the thing, guys. 7,800. Now, you don't have time to find them all in the Bible, maybe, but that's why the Lord invented Google. You just Google in the promises of God, they'll come up. You grab one with all your might, and you spit that thing out. Every light comes your way. Every time a fear, depression, anxiety hits you, 
Young man, James, called me last week when I was in the middle of this camp. Jimmy, I need to see you. I said, I got no time. I'm with 2,500 men planning an event in Scotland. I need to see you. I said, the only time I got is between Reading and Bristol Airport, 90 minutes. If you could drive me to the airport, drive me to the airport, we could talk for 90 minutes. As we're driving, he's talking about the amazing work he's been doing at the highest level of government with David Cameron, Peter Mandelson, and all the, and, and more, in more recent times, other government leaders and doing amazing things. And then, and then he talked about a moment when he went into his two-year-old bedroom of Luca, and Luca was dead for no reason whatsoever. Some of you remember this young man, James Anderson. He came and stayed here a few, few times, cracking young boy, stayed with the Life family. And I said, hey, 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 we're not talking about nothing else. For 90 minutes, tell me about your boy. Did he run? Did he have blue eyes? Did he laugh? Let's talk about your boy. But he talked about his boy, and he told me how it isolated him from connection. He allowed it to isolate him, and he went into deep, deep depression. But guess what? Hope showed up. He's now planning to buy a whole football team. He's now planning to advance hope in the government, and he's now going to use the new stadium and the football team in, in, in where, where Windsor, near Windsor Castle to build units for the hope, homeless people, for families, to bring hope to everybody in his era, to young people who have no hope. Give it up for the great stuff. James Anderson, brilliant. Hope is there, guys, but you've got to build either on the quicksand of fears and anxieties. And hey, guys, don't anybody feel condemned because I still build on anxiety at times when I should not. I still believe the lies when I should not. A friend of mine recently said, I've got the special mean machine. I can test it on you. And I thought, well, I'm feeling healthy these days. I'm feeling good and a wee bit younger. This machine is so special. It tells you what your actual age is according to the condition of your body. And I was so excited, 25, 30. And he gave, he gave me a printout and it said, you're 81. <laughs> and, but I don't believe, I don't listen to what the devil says. I says, that sucker's dyslexic. I should be 18. Come on, give it up, guys. Let's see, I know I'm 18. What's that, Andrew? You've tried them as well, Andrew. What, what did it say? Your age was on 120. 20. Crack it, Andrew. Well done, son. I'm not trying your machine. 7,800 promises, guys. And I'm going to give you a belter today. My all-time favorite. It's the 913 one. It's a brilliant one. And so here's the thing. In Amos, I'll read it to you because time's flying. Amos chapter 9, verse 13 has my all-time number one favorite promise. I spit this thing in my own face 10, 20, 30, 40 times. Every time the devil speaks, I hit the devil. Because when Jesus was in the wilderness and the devil hit him, what did he say? It is written. It is written. He hit them with the truth. 
And that's a great, 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 brilliant way of building your life on the promises and rock-solid hope. It's when the devil or the circumstances tell you it's bad, you smack that thing with the truth of the living God. And so here it is. Get ready for it. Amos 13 to 15. Yes, indeed. It won't be long now. God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast. Your head is going to swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings, blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. And I will make every single thing right again for my people Israel. How many people in this room believe the Word of God? Come on, guys. Help me. Come on, 913. I'm proclaiming this everywhere I go and declaring it because it's the promise of God. And I've seen so many miracles happen when people flip from what the devil's saying to what God's saying again. Would you mind if I just read that once more? It's a message verse, and so if you're making notes, but I want to just speak it over you. And I want to let you, there's power. The tongue has the power of life and death, especially it's the Word of God. So I want to just speak life over every one of the red lights in your life. I want to speak life over every sickness. I want to speak life over every worrying situation. Let the power of these words go deep in you. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast, your head's going to swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings, blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. And I will make everything right again for my people Israel. Let's give it up for the 913 season. I'm prophesying, I'm declaring, and I'm encouraging everybody step into the new 913 season of your life. That's just one. You could use that one for the next how long you want, but I use a different one every day. So that's number two. The third one, probably my most exciting one, guys. It's probably my most exciting one. And what it says here is, tool number three, to fill your life with rock-solid hope, you have to believe. Now, when I say believe, I'm not talking in the context of what we normally know as the sense of belief. I want to bring something I haven't brought before. If you've heard it, help me. But this is something I'm absolutely buzzing with. You see, you spent the first nine months of your life in a very dark place, like the Alan <laughs> described in the attic. But your mom and dad weren't thinking about the dark place or the things. They were thinking of the treasures in that attic we shall call the, the mother's womb. Now, you had no idea what how you're going to cope with your nakedness outside that womb, your hunger outside that womb, your oxygen outside that womb, the schools and resources outside that womb. But guess what? It was already in the mind and heart of God to take care of you. Give it up for God on that one. So here's a word. I'm going to give you a word, and I want to ask you to look in the Bible for this word because it has the most explosive, hope-filled principle. It is the word already. 
And I stumbled on it when I was reading Exodus 1.1. And it freaked me out because it said in Exodus 1.1, there's a man called Jacob. And it mentioned he's got 11 sons. I thought, that doesn't make sense because the last time I read it, he's got 12. But in Exodus 1, it rattles off all the names of his 11 sons. But then when you go to the next verse, it says, but his other son, number 12, was already in Egypt. Already. They were in a bad place. They were in a dark place. They were struggling. All 11 of them and Jacob and all the people of God were struggling. And this word arrives up already. In other words, all the resources they were going to need, all the grain they were going to need, all the hope they were going to need was already in Egypt about to be distributed by the 12th son, Joseph. Have you got that, guys? It was all ready in place. And Abraham was in a dark, dark place. His son's about to die on the altar. He's, up, he, he's there. And then the Bible says, and he said, where's the, where's the sacrifice? And the Bible was this beautiful word. It said, already there was a ram in the bush. The provision was already there in the bush. How many people worry about a tax bill now and again? Peter comes to Jesus and he's worried about his tax bill. And Jesus looks around and he says, the coin enough to pay his tax bill was already in the mouth of a fish. I hope you're getting this, guys. Already. Every single fear you have, every single worry you have, every resource you need, every answer for your healing, for your family, is already in the heart, mind of the living God. Because before the beginning of time, the, not the ram, but the Lamb of God was already in place for your present day, your tomorrow, and your future. And how many people know that that Lamb, Jesus, is sufficient for all our needs? Give it up for the living God, guys. Don't, don't, don't listen to the devil again when he says you, got, you don't have enough health to make it through. You don't have enough money to make it through. You don't have enough friends to make it through. You don't have enough intelligence to make it through. You don't have what it takes. Because when you were in your mother's womb, you had none of these things, but they were already in place. And God already let that word sink in when the devil lies to this. He has every single thing already in place to meet every single one of your needs if you put your trust and your faith in him. Give it up already, 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 already. And so, what's the first one, guys? Very quickly. First two. Block. Get angry and get aggressive with that sucker that's lying to you and rebuke it in the name of Jesus. What's the second one, guys? Build. Find the promise of God. Dig out that one in Google. Amos 9.13. Start there and start building on it and building. Let me tell you how many times I do it. I do it enough times until I sense, and I literally mean this, my brain is physically being rewired with truth and hope, and every single ounce of anxiety is gone. That's what I mean by build on the thing. 
You can't just tickle these javelins across the court. You've got to carry these shackers, carry them and carry and carry them until you get there to the place where you're ready for the victory. How many people are up for building the life on the promises of God? Come on. How many people believe it is possible to shift today from building on anxiety to building on rock-solid hope? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Give it up more for the Lord Jesus. More. Let's build it up more. More. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. 250 local people have signed up on this Time for Change Facebook discussion forum. It's open now. Anyone of you can sign up. And it's packed full with people who are struggling with anxiety, but many other professionals giving fresh hope. But Jesus is the ultimate hope. And he feels your pain more than you and I do. And if you're in a place today, and there's nothing wrong with thinking, do you know, I've been suicidal. I've been in a dark place. I, I, I don't understand all this, but I, I need a new heart, one filled with hope. Then I'm going to finish this. The band have done great. The one-armed band that's done great. Everybody's done great. I'm going to finish with a prayer. And I'm going to give you the same opportunity I gave the young man who needed a new heart, a heart of hope, the heart of Jesus. I'm going to say a short prayer, and if you want to ultimately shift from the world of anxiety into the world of rock-solid hope, then close your eyes, everybody in this room. I want to lead us in a prayer. You don't have to be religious to do that. I don't think Gail's religious yet, and I hope she never gets religious, but she's trusting in God to bring her that hope. With every eye closed, if you are in that place where you've tried everything, but you need to try the hope in Jesus Christ today, then pray this prayer with me. And could everybody else say this prayer and help me? Lord Jesus Christ, there are times my heart is filled with despair. My heart is filled with hopelessness. I want to make the shift. Forgive me for every person I have sinned against. Forgive me for every one of my sins. I forgive every person that sinned against me. And I know you're the only rock that truly can give me the hope I need. No man, no woman could come up without hope. I'm desperate, God. So in this moment I pray, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Take out my old heart of stone that's built on quicksand and give me a brand new heart of hope. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I commit my life to no longer building on the lies of the devil and anxious thoughts. Give me the courage, the strength to spend the rest of my life building on the rock-solid, beautiful promises of the living God. Thank you for coming into my life, Lord Jesus. Help me to follow you and your promises all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, with every eye closed, please 
if that's okay. Just quickly raise your hand if you said that prayer for the first time. That's great. Thank you. Anybody else? Wonderful. That's great. Thank you. At least three people have just stepped out of the land of quicksand, and you're now standing on the rock-solid promises of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, I declare the 9-13 season is here now. Amen.